I feel rusty because I haven't done like an episode in a couple months. Um, but yeah, welcome to Dadcast. My name is Shillian. I'm here with my friend Deirdre. And this is the first episode of Tony Scott Tuesdays, um, a mini series I'll be doing where I'll be going over the full filmography of Tony Scott, one of my favorite directors of all time and notable vulgar art tourist um everything yeah and did i say that we're yeah we're talking about the hunger today because bitch i'm hungry yeah <laughs> um how are you doing today deirdre i'm good um you know i'm ready to talk about david bowie as a, a vampire um <laughs> But I also feel really, honestly, I'm like nervous because I feel like unqualified to talk about movies in general. But um, you always I don't know, I think... bring you always bring a fresh, fresh perspective. You always you. you're always so excited. So I don't think you're unqualified. I don't think there's anything. Movies are. Are cool because everybody can take their own perspective from it and stuff like that and apply it to their own experiences and their own lives and everything like that. So 
I don't think I don't think anybody is unqualified to talk about movies. Um, I think we all grow up watching films and we all grow up understanding film language. So I don't think anybody is. And that's my hot take for the Twitter TL. <laughs> Discourse is gonna go fire. <laughs> um, it's gonna be popping off. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, that's really you, nice of me to say. <laughs> it's it's true though. Like I, yeah, <laughs> um, you're right. <laughs> um, um to, have you seen any other Tony Scott films? From what you know, no. I actually wanted to clarify because I know you love Tony Scott, and I guess this is the first Tony Scott Tuesday. Um, he's he has a brother, and does he? Is Tony Scott still alive and his brother is deceased or? It's the other way what? around. Okay. Yeah. Um, his brother is Ridley Scott. So he has directed many a films. Like, I don't know if you heard of a film called Alien. I don't know if you've heard of a film oh, yeah, called, yeah. Uh, like, I don't know why Alien, uh, <laughs> Thelma and Louise, like. Uh, Just a wait. few little fucking blade runner <laughs> gladiator uh, all the money in the world the film where they like they they like digitally like put in christopher Plummer to replace gary oldman because he got me too wait so christopher Plummer replaced two different me too actors for like mm -hmm. wow yeah because he, he was he replaced kevin spacey in knives out wait he did i didn't know that yeah yeah that's, that's interesting um oh. and then he's making the gucci film with lady gaga and adam driver <laughs> i cannot wait I literally can't wait. Every day there's more pictures that come out and I just get more and more excited. I feel the exact same way. And I hope it's like, um, I, I mean, like this isn't Ridley Scott Rouge when I don't, there's not a, there's no alliteration I can make with Ridley Scott, but um, I hope it's a movie like The Counselor which I really love that was kind of dismissed when it first came out, but basically Cameron Diaz fucked a car in it. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked about the counselor also on the episode I did about heat with Zach, mm -hmm. but yeah. So yeah, so Ridley and Tony, they had, uh, they started a film production company called um, Scott Free um, it, during the 70s or whatever. Um, and they've, they've produced like a lot of my favorite films and stuff. Um, but it's also like a way for them to make their own films as well. So, but the thing about, to so Tony and Ridley are part of like this generation of like British filmmakers who um started out making commercials 
and that and when you make commercials um it allows you like access to like really experiment a lot because they like at the end of the day like with advertisements they just want like the product to look good you know so yeah. and um, they're and people uh the people with the money like or i guess producing are always going to throw a lot more money at a commercial than like mm -hmm. any other starting yeah and then so. and then it, it's always very interesting because like like a couple of years later this the exact same ha thing happened with like directors like uh david fincher and michael bay they both started in commercials and music videos and michael bay's films all look like commercials and it's very yeah like, that makes sense yeah um so yeah so um interesting thing about tony scott is that he was a painter first he went to school to learn about art and then um he's the younger version of a uh, younger not version <laughs> brother <laughs> that's horrible <laughs> i'm sorry he's he's completely different from his brother um right. um but uh he's the younger brother of ridley and uh um maybe that's why i like tony so much is because i'm the younger sibling wow <laughs> The Wait, so Tony was a painter or Rid Tony was a painter? Yeah. I think that's so cool. I love, um, I think it's really interesting when people think that they're one kind of artist and then they became, become famous mm -hmm. for another kind of art. Like Joni Mitchell was a painter mm -hmm. first as well. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but then he saw his older brother like make, films and uh tony actually was he starred in ridley's first film called a boy and his bike and he played the titular boy um but yeah uh and then so he he originally wanted to start making documentaries but then his his brother was like don't go to the bbc come to my studio <laughs> We'll make like like we'll make commercials and shit together, and then he was able to make like a bunch, a couple of shorts. Like his career at the beginning is kind of like sparse, in a way because like he just wasn't really able to get like funding or anything for films or whatever, which is understandable if you're yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, like. The Hunger and Top Gun like had like a pretty big gap in between them. And the only reason why he was able to make Top Gun was because um, Jerry Bruckheimer, the producer behind like every single Michael Bay film, the fucking like National Treasure films, like all those, <laughs> he approached Tony Scott was like, we really like The Hunger. We wanna make Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like i'm kind of nervous love but i'll do it anyways um so yeah and so the hunger is like 
in my opinion, like a statement for like yeah. So that's it's early in his career. It's his first feature. Is this series in order chronologically? Yeah, yeah. So you posted the list on Twitter. Okay. Oh my god, that's so cool. I'm so excited to talk about like the first film of like one of your favorite directors. I didn't realize that's what we were doing today, but yeah. yeah. No, it's okay. (laughs) No, I'm Um, like yeah, I'm excited. Um, but yeah, like this is like I this is a film I didn't see until like a couple months ago. Um, but it, it's, it's like a more toned down version of like the rest of his films, but in an interesting way, um, it reminds me of a Kubrick film in some ways as well. I like, it reminds me of, I've never seen Barry Lyndon, which is this three hour long Stanley Kubrick film about, I don't know, rich people during like the Napoleonic era or whatever, but I've always seen screenshots and I'm like, that's a gorgeous ass film. And this film is just amazingly shot. Amazingly shot. Yeah. It's like, it's like just 90% vibes, at least for the first 45 minutes. Mm. Um, It, and even like in the middle, it's just like, so it's, I I want to say slow, but not really slow. It's just like takes a lot of time to show you like what the vibe is. And mm. I don't know. I guess since they're like supposed to be hundreds of years old, that makes sense. What? Okay. I just I just found something out that is very important to me. <laughs> is it about hunger or is <laughs> it's about it's about the hunger, yeah. So I okay. looked up I I was curious on who the cinematographer was on who he was on this or whatever. So oh my god, this is hilarious. Um and so I, I looked him up. His name's Stephen Goldblate. This is the same guy who did cinematography for uh the HBO miniseries Angels in America, which is <laughs> I think you're gonna say the third day. Yeah, but no. yeah, your favorite. <laughs> my favorite and then he also did wild mountain time which is a good you also movie. love that right i don't love did it you? i just i just okay. think it's insane like it's a crazy film i i watched it with ada and i was screeching the whole time <laughs> because of how crazy it was also he same guy did the Prince of Tides, Barbara Streisand? We stands, we stand with Barbara, we stand with Barbara Streisand. But he also filmed Batman and Robin, Batman Forever, and then the, and then Nancy Myers, the intern, uh, Joe versus the volcano. He did the the Tate Taylor, <laughs> the director Ma, who. <laughs> Tate Taylor made a film <laughs> called Ava starring Jessica Chastain and it looks like girl boss propaganda it, it, like she's she's got a gun she's got a little scar on her cheek she's yeah she's fucking she's a girl boss what can I say what other movies do you think are girl boss propaganda I love that phrase um 
Oh, there's some. There's so I, many. There's so I many. Feel, it's just like. This I is feel cool. like I don't. I haven't seen Booksmart, but that kind of feels like girl boss propaganda because one hundred percent. Just because it's directed by Olivia Wilde. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I also can't say anything because I'm very excited for her next film, only because Harry Styles is in it. No, I liked Booksmart, but it's 100% girl boss propaganda. And I feel yeah. like, yeah. Or like, or like, there is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary. <laughs> or wait, no, there is one, uh, shit. Um, there is one movie with a, god damn, what's it, it had an army hammer in it. And it's about, it's about, uh, I mean, like, yeah, army hammers, like, fucking canceled or whatever, but on the basis of sex it has uh felicity jones in the starring role <gasps> justin Theroux, sam waterston kathy Bates. oh this is kind of like a like a mimi letter the oh my god this is insane to me mimi letter is she she's made like some good like blockbusters or whatever i've never seen any of her actual films but she has directed she's a, an executive producer and has directed a lot of the episodes of the leftovers so that's yeah. why i'm like what yeah. <laughs> but yeah she, that's girl boss propaganda my what? answer for that question that i just proposed myself is the iron lady <laughs> meryl streep as margaret thatcher is girl boss propaganda um, <laughs> I've I've only seen like one clip from that film, but the editing in it is like nauseating from just the <laughs> I watched it with my dad. It was my AP European history summer assignment was to watch a bunch of movies and that was one of them and I watched it with my dad. Hashtag dadcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also speaking of dad um, the <laughs> I, I just want to say I did the most dad move today. Huh? I fell asleep on the couch while watch, watching The Hunger. The vibes were too strong. I was. I feeling... also. <laughs> I had to pause at the forty-five minute mark when. Wait, we can. We can spoil the movie. We are talking. Yeah, about the movie. we're talking. About the movie. <laughs> I don't know. Um, when David Bowie dies, I paused right after that, and I was like, "Okay, I gotta get up and get a snack," because, like, when he's aging in the movie, it's just like it's, it's so, so sad. slow. It, it, I feel. You go. Sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say I don't feel like this movie is slow. It's in my opinion. I, I mean, like, I, like, I was looking at, like, the IMDb trivia for this film, and, like, even David Bowie himself said this film was slow, and I don't really think so. I mean, it doesn't feel slow to me, personally. I, I um, was worried when I was watching it, I was, like, the first 20 minutes, I was, like, okay, cool, and then the second 20 minutes, which is, like, like, from when he leaves the hospital, when David Bowie leaves the hospital that day that he ages like 40 years till he dies, I think it's like a 20 minute stretch that I was like, okay, this is, this is slow. And I was worried about the rest of the movie. Cause I was like, oh my God, there's still like an hour left of this movie. But then I thought it picked up again. I thought it was just that one section that was slow, yeah. which that's the 
David Bowie being in like aging he, he was like he was like oh this is the part of the movie I am what no like I could see why he would say it was slow because yeah but, but I also I also think that his performance is like some of his best work ever. I I have not seen a lot of David Bowie movies I just went on his IMDb page and I did not even know he was in The Prestige, which was one of my favorite movies when I was 15 years old. But <laughs> um, mm. so I think that's probably the only other thing that I've seen him in, which is bad. I should work on that. But he was acting his ass off. He's yeah, um, he's he's a beautiful like actor. Yeah. Like physically. <laughs> beautiful but he's like, only hot for 15 minutes of the movie and I was really disappointed by that. yeah but you get Susan Sarandon yeah like yes. <laughs> so yeah um yeah like but it's advertised that. as like this is a movie that David Bowie is hot in and then he's dead 40 minutes into it yeah it's but, called subverting your expectations <laughs> consider my expectations subverted i also did not expect it to be gay i was that's I was, why i wanted you on this episode because this film is so gay <laughs> i literally i was like i was yeah you this is like the i feel like this is like the perfect Tony Scott movie for me to watch like because <laughs> although you say that a lot of his films are gay but this one was specifically just... no this one is like <laughs> and it's not really Tony Tony's not the reason why this film is gay like very very gay um it's Susan Sarandon and let me explain to you why so there's this scene in the film before like her and Catherine Delu, I can't pronounce her last name right now for some reason. Um, hot sexy lady with the hat. Um, the, the scene where they like sip wine before they have like yeah. the sexiest sex ever. Like oh, the I scene love... where she's like, "Are you hitting on me?" Yeah. And she's like, "No." And then they have sex five minutes later. Yes. Yeah. That scene. But like she's. <laughs> she sips the like the wine a little bit and then dumps it on the floor or something that was literally susan sarandon like that was her choice because apparently in the original script and like in the book like they get her really drunk or whatever but (laughs) but but apparently it to to quote Susan Sarandon, the queen herself, that it doesn't matter what your sexual history is. You want to have sex with Catherine Deneuve if you have the chance. <laughs> oh my God, that's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it's it's so, so funny. I love it so much. It's like, and, and there's a really cool, um, behind the scenes photo of Susan Sarandon where I think she's like smoking a cigarette on like a balcony like when they were filming it and she's just wearing a jacket with her tits out (laughs) it's amazing that's beautiful good for her yeah um what a film 
seriously. Um, yeah, David Bowie hot, Susan Sarandon yeah. hot, Catherine DeMuro hot. Um, <laughs> my biggest question watching this movie was, I just kept thinking like, how are vampires rich? Like, I guess, I don't know. I they, Their house, I was like, wow, this is a really nice house for some vampires who don't work. Well, and I, I guess... Think- well, like, this, one of, some of my favorite things with this film is that, like, there's a lot of cross-cutting in between, like, flashbacks or whatever, especially in, like, the David Bowie parts where, like, he's just, like, mm-hmm. kind of wandering around his apartment and just, like, he, he has his, like, hand to, like, his mouth and he's just thinking about his fucking life, <laughs> which, like, oh honestly, my God. same, same. Yeah. I feel that all the goddamn time I'm 23 years old <laughs> but um yeah but uh I think I think in the flashbacks I mean I don't really ca- I'm okay here's my hot take I don't really care about like plot like intricacies or whatever and I'm willing to have like a high suspension of disbelief if I'm watching oh yeah film. yeah I and this film is one of those films where I'm just like whatever like you know I I'm just here for the like this film is a film I vibe to or like I watch in the background while I'm like doing torture or whatever um it it looks but uh I think in the in the flashbacks they they show him being rich with Catherine Deneuve so I guess they just must have like a lot of money or something yeah 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 that makes sense yeah I wasn't it didn't take away from my viewing but I just yeah it's a good question I get it because I feel like a lot of vampires are rich and they they just automatically are but then like the vampires in Twilight have to go to high school so I I don't know I just I I think that's more of a cover though like I don't I I'm not like the biggest Twihard even though right even though I, I recently watched um, Breaking Dawn Part 1 for I Was Scared 2, um, which was a blast. <laughs> that uh, Not David Bowie. What if I just said David Bowie breaks a headboard in, in, in fucking Breaking Dawn Part 1? No, Robert Pattinson um, breaks a headboard in Breaking Dawn Part 1 because he's fucking too hard. Do you think David Bowie would play Edward if it came out in the 80s or 90s? I could. I think he would be a good choice. Um, I don't know. I feel like it would have to depend on like who the like the project is being made by because he was kind of like pretty selective with like his choices or whatever. Like that's he, true. He's he's in Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me. He's in The Last Temptation of Christ. He's in The Man Who Fell from Earth. He's in The Hunger. Like he 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 continuously like chooses like really great directors and stuff like that. He's also in Zoolander. I recently watched yeah. Zoolander and I had fun. I'll say that. I've heard that that's a really 
really funny movie. It is. Owen Wilson is great. I recently watched um, Shanghai Nights and Shanghai Noon, which are the films that him and Jackie Chan made, which are very gay. Like there's a scene where they <laughs> they take they take a bath, like they take baths in like separate bathtubs next to each other, and they get fucking wasted. And like, That's and there's a <laughs> it's, it's so good and they just love each other so much and yeah I I watched both of them back to back on a Saturday morning and I did not regret it like I had so much fun but yeah sounds like a great way to spend a Saturday yeah Saturday in the park I think it was a fourth of July <laughs> um the intro to this movie is insane um Yes. Oh my God. Wait, my mom watched it with me. Um, I was home. (laughs) So I was home um, for Easter. I think it was Easter when you messaged me and I was like, okay, I want to watch a movie, but I don't know what I want to watch. And then you messaged me and you said, hey, do you want to come on Dadcast and talk about The Hunger? And I was like, sounds great. Um, I was just thinking about what movie I wanted to watch. So I'll watch that. And then my mom was like, oh, what movie are you going to watch? And I said, oh, it's a movie where David Bowie's a vampire. That's all I know about it. And she's like, okay, I'll sit down and watch it with you. I'm probably not going to watch a lot of it with you because she really does not like uh, any, like, she does not like to watch, like, violence in movies. So then, like, in the first 10 minutes, there's, like, monkeys spurting blood. and It's awesome very incredibly (laughs) horny and then she went upstairs right after that opening sequence Mm -hmm. she said monkey i'm out of here (laughs) exactly you you tell me there's a monkey in this film i'm leaving um yeah the the monkey um is good good monkey sad sad for the monkey though yeah that did make me it kept making me really sad I was like Susan why are you hurting these monkeys or making them hurt each other (laughs) it's it's because because I guess it's like some metaphor about how at the end of the day we're all just wild sexual animals that have a primal need to like fuck each other and needy I don't know that's beyond me though yeah because she was studying she wanted to learn how to reverse aging right yeah that was her thing which is which is always like my favorite thing in film is when what film like I love it when like the villains like well I mean like she's not really the villain in the film but like I love it when the evil villains are like I got to to take you know like it's like the QAnon shit where they're like the 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 left are killing babies so they can take the adrenochrome out of them so that these satanist pedophiles can get like I don't know I just find it entertaining (laughs) I don't know why I mean it's a really good trope and I think it's like um 
it's really interesting to explore because a lot, I don't know, it's like one of the, I feel like a lot of movies about, this might be me just talking out of my ass, but I feel like wanting to be younger <clears throat> is like a very, uh, like a desire that's instilled into women who like need to look 18 forever in order to be considered desirable to men. Um, so like, the fact that like this va vampire wants, it seems like she needs lovers in order to keep, stay alive, I think is what I got out of the ending, <laughs> but I don't know. Mm -hmm. So like she and Susan, her whose character's name is Sarah, she, the vampire lady and Sarah are chasing the same thing. Um, and they're both doing it in violent ways, kind of, even though yeah. I guess, I don't know we're supposed to think of that I don't I don't know if we're supposed to think of Sarah's character as doing it in a violent way or if I just don't think you should do science on animals of that in that way I I don't know no I think that's a good I think that's a good <laughs> reading of it like yeah like I think yeah especially with women and like like especially like any like actresses or whatever there's always like, like oh once you start looking like past like 35 like they're gonna get fucking typecast and shit or whatever um and I think there's always like I think everybody kind of has a fear of aging and it like kind of you know being past your prime isn't actually like you know all that great or whatever but also this morning this is connected, I swear. But it, it's only connected because it shows it shows the 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 misogyny in the film industry. Um I watched this like little documentary thing on YouTube about Leslie Nielsen. Um and I didn't know this, but Leslie Nielsen like started off as like a serious like character actor. And he started off like he wanted to be like a leading man in roles and stuff like that. And um, he he would get some work or whatever, but always never really worked out. And it wasn't always like a big hit or something. Um, but then uh, in like the 70s, he would be a character actor in these like, um, like disaster movies were like huge at the time and he would always be in these disaster movies and so uh the Zucker brothers who are like the greatest comedy directors of all time they were like Leslie Nielsen we want you to be an airplane and they and Leslie Nielsen was basically told we need you to just play it straight like this is a serious like drama or whatever and that's what makes his performance so funny and then so he when he was in his 60s that was when he had his like commercial and critical success because he was playing like a goofy dude doing goofy shit and everything so he 
was able to like bring his career back or whatever. I don't think there's like actresses who are able to do that, which is unfortunate because like, I don't know. I, there's also like, um, there's this John Cassavetes movies movie I really love called Opening Night. It stars Gina Rollins, like all John Cassavetes movies because he's a wife guy. He loves his wife and he gives her all of his, all of his work that he can. But Opening Night is literally about like an alcoholic actress who like is in this play where she has to play like an older woman. Like she plays older than her age and she like is like having like a mental breakdown around the fact that she that her career has come to this and stuff like that and it's just so interesting to me um yeah yeah I feel like a lot of yeah sorry continue what you're saying no 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 go ahead I was just gonna say I feel like all those roles for older women are about being old Mm -hmm. which I guess I don't know but like I don't know I guess that is kind of like makes sense but um yeah like Mamma Mia Gracie and Frankie like those are the examples I could think of (laughs) yeah like I love I I love those films and (laughs) and tv show and tv show but I think Gracie and Frankie gets uh is great because it's Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin Right. I think that that the show is also like deep sometimes and it's also about Alan Alda and uh is it Alan Alda? No. I don't know the actors' names, but yeah, it's just like I love those. Yeah. Uh, I love those, but I wish that there was more or stuff that yeah. Yeah, like I think there there is like there like the the power that aging kind of has over people and stuff like that. It's like really scary, you know, and the thought of like people aging quickly or like the years like catching up on you and then you're like, well, what have I done with my life? You know, stuff like that is like something I think every single person like experiences in their life yeah and it's sad yeah I feel like in this movie it's a lot about um it's less about like what have you done because these vampires Mm -hmm. are simply vibing versus like um I don't know how it socially affects them yeah like and also uh which had me thinking uh, like uh sarah's boyfriend is an interesting character to me for that reason Mm. because it's like the vampire lady what's her name i'm gonna look it up what her is character the name? Character. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I simply don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I was too busy looking at her titties to be honest. Miriam, Miriam, Miriam. And, yeah. Okay, yeah. I 
at first I was paying attention to the names because I was like, okay, I think these names mean something, but all the names are like Miriam, John, Sarah, Tom, Alice. So like, I don't think the names actually have meaning. I think they just named them random names. Um, Miriam's a pretty name though. It is. Yeah. And it's like based off of Mary kind, I think. I don't know. It is a very pretty name. But yeah, so Miriam, I completely forgot what I was saying. Like the scene, okay. I Miriam not being like, I cannot make out with you, you old bitch, to David Bowie. Um, I'm sorry. I'm I forgot the point with, I was trying to make. <laughs> I'm sorry. I am making it with David Bowie. Like, He's fine. He's Ghost sexy. David Bowie. I'd make out with Ghost David Bowie. <laughs> it'd be like, would be like a, like a Mitski song. Like that's what it. Yes. If I got it, if I got to make out with David Bowie, it would translate into a Mitski song. That doesn't make any sense. Same, but it doesn't no, same. same vibes. Same vibes. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I, I also just like, I love the gothicness of this so much. Like it gets very much like this, the gothic subculture of that time, like very right. And it's, it's like industrial and great. I love it so much. Like this film, like basically like most of like the people are like, this is a masterpiece. Me. But most people who are like this is masterpiece are like goth people who are like obsessed with this movie, <laughs> uh, which yeah, is like which is yeah. I mean, it starts out with a a Bauhaus song, or I don't know how to pronounce the band name, but the Bella yeah. Lugosi is dead song. That like Tony Scott literally saw them perform live and was like, "You want to be in my film, love." Or that's not how Tony Scott talks. I've listened to hours of him talking. I still can't get his like accent right. It's very weird. But um, yeah. he yeah. the um like the roller skating person in the dark, yeah. and then eating like yeah, it's it's just goth vibes. It um, is. And gothic vibes, like when they're like just playing music with that little kid. I love that little kid so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, "Wow, you're gonna be fucking dead <laughs> um, <laughs> as soon as they came on screen." Um, yeah, I yeah, I, like, have you ever read the Bailey School Kid books? No, they're for children, but all of them were like. My baseball coach is actually the the all of the titles were like my baseball coach is a vampire or like <laughs> my teacher is I don't know so I when I I was like oh if this movie was from Alice's perspective she would be like a belly school kids my teacher guess- my cello teacher is a vampire yeah and I would read it I'd be hooked. <laughs> period but speaking of like gothic stuff or whatever uh in, okay this is 
uh, I'm gonna have to explain this to you, but when I was in school as a kid, there was a series of like books that like they were they were called Dear Canada, and they were like diaries written by yeah like, we had people. we had Dear America really I did yeah. not know this that's interesting yeah, yeah mm-hmm. like the can did it have like like the little like ribbon yeah <laughs> I like I like to think of like a like a like a vampire version of that would that would fly off shelves about right. we should should we write that yeah we should <laughs> and it's about it's about Catherine this is great Wait, I kind of like have been wanting to learn more about Canadian history now that I have Canadian friends and I realize I do not know fuck shit about Canada. Maybe I'll read the how I learned about American history when I was eight years old as I read Dear America books. So maybe at 20, 24 years old, I will read the Dear Canada books yeah. and learn about Canadian history. This, wow. This, this is also like wild to me because when I was a kid too, we had a CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Company, not Mm -hmm. BBC, CBC. I should make a Canadian version of the BBC song by (laughs) Ming-T. CBC (laughs) One. It it would only go up to like four or something. Um, But uh, uh, they, they made like, a Ken Burns like Civil War-esque documentary but about Canadian history but about all of Canadian history up until like whenever it was made or whatever and I remember like the VHS tapes were like in this huge box set and like it was like really fancy and like every single history teacher I've ever had like had it yeah we live under a monarchy, love. Oh my God, Prince Philip is dead. Are you are you shitting me? Did Ken Burns also do? Um, never mind. We don't need to go down a Ken Burns rabbit hole right now. I'm, I'm always down. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I want another I episode. Watched. There definitely needs to be a dad cast episode on Ken Burns documentaries. Oh I yeah, that's right. I, I fucking love his. <laughs> um a couple years ago he came out with one about the vietnam war amazing Mm -hmm. so good yeah yeah i love ken burns (laughs) i love him he he's just him and and his other producer um whatever the fuck her name is absolute vibes i i would fall asleep on the couch watching that shit yeah Um, seriously yeah uh yeah um hunger oh uh, other thing too when I was re-watching this I kept on thinking about true blood because I kept on because I'm watching true blood right now <laughs> uh the true blood universe is very gay and so is this and I think there's also something very inherently gay about vampires that people don't talk about a lot <laughs> is that it's about the found family as Skylar it, would say yes <laughs> It is about the found family, but also like it's a it also like this movie came out in the 80s, like right before like I think it came out in like 82, which like 
it's sort of been like the beginning of the AIDS epidemic and I feel like it might have something to say about it because like it kind of feels like again same cinematography as angels in America I had these connections are so good to me um yeah but like yeah but in the true blood universe <laughs> they have a thing called hep d that vampires can get and it's like their own version of aids and it's really strange because like in the true blood universe everybody knows about, about vampires and they're like kind of like a dish enfranchise like kind of group or whatever yeah and like outcasts yeah and it's very gay it's it's very gay like yeah. the intro the intro sequence to uh to true blood has a part where they drive by like a sign that says god hates fangs instead of the slur yeah. <laughs> you're just like oh very interesting but no. it's also yeah like yeah. i think there there is like very much something vampires like they kind of just live in their little caves their little expensive caves where we're not really sure if they pay rent or not and <laughs> <laughs> what if you're <gasps> my landlord is a vampire why is it funny to me <laughs> oh my god oh, my god. landlord's a vampire <laughs> Fuck, um, I gotta pay a vampire rent. <laughs> that would. I was just gonna say that would suck, and then I was like, "That's like vampire." Well, that's like a vampire. pun. <laughs> vampires suck, like the, vampires, like the Twilight vampires movie. Suck. Yeah, but vampires are mad queer. Um, yeah, yeah, they are. I feel like. I also feel like if you're immortal. That's pretty, that's pretty gay. Um, I mean, like, you have all this time to fuck. Like, you have all this time to, like, fuck anybody. To discover things about yourself and to, like, yeah. transcend the patriarchy and... Uh, Gender uh, yeah. norms. And I'm not binary. saying... I'm definitely not saying... I mean, I've never seen a straight vampire, I don't think. Edward. But, Edward is very I, straight. I guess. Edward is very straight. I'm sorry. He's like <laughs> the biggest wife guy I've ever seen, especially in the last two films. Like in the mm -hmm. in the in the first two, he's kind of an asshole, but he's also like like he's just kind of realizing like how to love somebody. Or so I I'm not an Edward yeah. defender, but but I in guess the Angel, Angel from Buffy is also pretty straight. But he does have some some homoeroticism with Spike, mm. who's definitely a bi-con. Yeah. Um, I've never watched Buffy, but also... I feel like at some point in your life... I'm not saying, hey, Jillian, you should go watch Buffy. But I feel like at some point in your life, you're going to fall into it and you're going to be obsessed with it. Isn't that like a Joss Whedon show, though? Yeah. Yeah. I'm that. not saying you should uh, <laughs> and yeah, maybe you never will but like I feel like it's something that you like accidentally would fall into I feel that I like feel that. maybe That's if how... you were 
working in retail and they played Buffy episodes on the TV or something. That's what I see in your future. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. You should do a tarot card reading right now. (laughs) I don't do tarot card readings on podcasts (laughs) as a rule, as a rule. (laughs) That'd be so funny though. (laughs) Be like... You're like so I see in your future uh you're gonna become a vampire <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like oh fuck really sick <laughs> yeah no there's man everybody should watch true blood though it's horny it's great what's it on or it's on is it HBO I... it's HBO okay it's really good right okay yeah. yeah maybe I will watch it well I've only um, watched like the first season but yeah I remember my sister when the tv show was out she read all the books and she had all the books on her shelf right beside like her series of unfortunate events because <laughs> she loved those too and she had all of like the hard covers with like the spines facing out and that's I was so cute yeah, and I was reading Dear Canada, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, okay, I also need to go on a tangent about Susan Sarandon's titties. I think Susan Sarandon has like the best tits I've ever seen in my life. And I, I don't know if I consider myself a tit girl. I, I don't know if I have a preference Um in between tits or ass like I know uh-huh. like some people that are like I fucking love tits or whatever or like some people who are like I love ass you know and stuff like that I can I can I can definitely appreciate both you know it's like that. I like your impression of of tit people and ass people you just <laughs> like, made a, I, I guess <laughs> I guess continue I don't know okay <laughs> it's my <laughs> podcast and we're gonna talk about tits <laughs> yeah but uh but uh um I don't know when I see Susan Shredded's tits I just think I don't want to look at anybody else's tits <laughs> I just want to look at hers I don't even want to look at my own oh I, I want to nibble I want to suck <laughs> like, <laughs> I, bonk me please <laughs> Okay, bonk. But is <laughs> well, like bonked on my own pod. <laughs> I was gonna say it. Um oh my god. But like when I'm you really happy it, for you that you had that experience. Um I, I mean I'm I feel also gay, and that's my comment on <laughs> <laughs> On Susan Sarandon's titties. That's all I'll say. Um, but I also the Willem Dafoe's in this movie. Yeah, this is his first film. This He's is his like. I always think of him as like a skinny, skinny guy. He's like jacked in this movie. For did you notice that? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> he's he's yeah. No, apparently Tony Scott was like. Apparently, the studio did not want Willem Dafoe in this film. And apparently, Tony Scott was like, no, I want him in my film. (laughs) He's in it for like, he's only in that one scene, right? Yeah. 
okay it's, it's a great little little scene and oh yeah I, I would love to thank him you know yeah um thank you Willem. well thank you Willem, and your big cock yeah, <laughs> yeah. famously um what was I going to say about Willem Dafoe? You distracted me by saying that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I literally completely forgot what I was going to say. Um, I feel like, never mind, I'm not going to say that either. I could, like, I feel like a studio could very easily be like, you look weird, Willem Dafoe. Mm. Even though I think he's quite a handsome man. I could see how they would be like, he's, you don't he's belong un- in a movie full of hot people, but he's, he's quite handsome. He's unconventionally handsome. That's the thing. Yes. Um, yeah. And I think that's why I like him so much. I love actors with like wrinkled faces and stuff like that because like you're able to film them in a way that like kind of like the lighting on them just hits differently. Like it's great. It's great. I love actors. Yeah. Like, that's why I like a Val Kilmer's face so much is because mm-hmm. like it's just a weird face but i also did you know that val kilmer i feel so bad for this man he like had to get like throat surgery or something and so his voice like completely changed and so like his career kind of went on a downfall because of it and it's really sad to me that like, is really sad that's yeah. kind of like yeah that's that is really sad yeah I mean, it looks like he's gonna be in, be in um a new movie soon, or he's going to be in the. I think his voice sounds completely different though nowadays. Yeah, yeah, or not like completely yeah. different. It's just like it, it's kind of like, like something feels off or whatever. <sighs> I yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that. Um, never mind. Never mind, never mind. No, tell me. Um, I was just uh the the Bauhaus is also in the movie. Yeah. Like they're like the the band. Um <laughs> did they do the score too, or did they just do like the first um, song? Hold on. I think they just did the song. You could finally take off your sweater. Would you say I had to take my headphones off? For a did, did, did you take off your? You finally, you've been taking off that sweater for like, like thirty <laughs> minutes. Now. Thirty minutes. I just had my sweatshirt around my neck. Um. But wait, they did you? Did you say? Did they do the music or did they just do the first song? Did they do the they score? Just did, they the just score did was the same. Yeah, the score is really good. It's by a different guy. Um, okay. Uh, I was... Give me a second. I, I was looking up this dude, and it was interesting. One second. I got to find this. Howard Blake, um, who did... Oh, he sounds familiar. He did the Changeling... Uh, doesn't, doesn't look like he's done much lately, but he did. Excuse me, Flash Gordon. I, I don't know. 
music. Department. I guess I don't know him and his name just sounds familiar. Um, but yeah, he did an amazing job. He did. I thought the score was so good. Mm. But uh, he, oh, he's an uncredited conductor on Robocop. That movie, Fox. <laughs> I haven't seen it. it. It's, you've seen Showgirls? I have not seen Showgirls. I really oh. want to watch it since our friend Marguerite did the choreography. Yes. But I haven't watched it yet. It's, it's very um, good. It's very good gay too um, at some point yeah yes yes speaking of gay and susan sarandon's titties there's a part where they're like i just wrote this as a note and i so i don't remember exactly what it was but when during i'm like blushing saying this but when there's fucking there's like a bunch of mirrors do you remember mm-hmm. that part mm-hmm and i feel like that happens in lesbian sex scenes all the time and like, I don't mind it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just like wondering. Specifically in this movie, I feel like it kind of. Mm, no, I'm not gonna just say things to say things. Um, but I've it kind of made me think about how they're like the Miriam, you know, trying to stay young forever, and so the that's why I thought the mirrors were there, but. I also feel like it might just be like a gay thing and a like a a lesbian sex in movies thing. But I mm. that's just a half baked idea in my head. So yeah, I guess that's all. I also I also <laughs> just think it comes from like commercial filmmaking as well because like you think about it like if you want to make things look sexy you have mirrors around you you got your white curtains are blowing through the window you know and then you go through you know and that's why like that's why like i love tony scott's sex scene so much is because <laughs> they are made yeah. to look so sexy so yeah sexy. it's just like more you can see more surface area if there's mirrors because you could like film the reflections and stuff three vr porn it's 360 (laughs) tony immersive experience (laughs) i put on i put on it and i'm like i'm locked in i'm in i'm here i'm ready (laughs) okay whoa i like turn around and like whoa i can see everything (laughs) i start to get dizzy and then I'm just like I'm just in <laughs> yeah the you corner. know this, I'm, and then I'm I'm just like in the corner of the room while they're like fucking, uh-huh. and I'm just uh-huh. like whoa, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a roller coaster <laughs> emotions, yeah. Um, what else? What else is there to say about this film? I just after really, they fuck, after they fuck. And they go to dinner. Susan goes to dinner with her boyfriend. Um, she's like so obvious. <laughs> she's like, like this man has no. I, maybe he does have a reason to think that he was just cheated on. But like, he's like, "What did you do?" And she's like, "Nothing." <laughs> like, 
Also, I was like, like damn girl. <laughs> her hair Be chill. Looks, her hair looks so good in this film. I love it. Like the like the shortness of it and like the curls and everything. And she just looks so good in this film. Yeah. 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 I um yeah she looks really good I feel like I love a good a boyfriend in um an 80s movie who is just like he's not a piece of shit but he's just simply so obviously holding her back I feel like in Mm. Invasions of the Body Snatchers there was that trope as well where it was like a really sm- I can't really remember but there's like a really smart sci- mm-hmm. scientist and she has this boyfriend who she works with who's like okay but mm-hmm. he's not what's the main guy's name who screams at the end I can't think of the actor's name but you know and it's just I feel like it's interesting because um like I don't know. I think I think it's interesting to see how people are like, oh, well, I'm sorry, I need to collect my thoughts. There, it's like the woman fantasy of like, you can have it all, which this is before that, because that like is major in the 90s when we get our like rom-coms of working girl. But this is like, oh, women work outside the home, but they also have a man. How? How is that? And it's like, oh you work with them Mm -hmm. so I don't know if I was supposed to think that he was a lot less smart but he was no I I definitely get that vibe like yeah there's always like yeah like that's interesting because like there's always like something you can like I think also there's the whole idea of like you can have like a, a like a fucking dumbass side piece if you want to that's called being a girl boss (laughs) yeah I just thought it was cool when she you know just you know had um sex with a woman slash vampire and then she just was glowing like it's just like she her life was changed i feel um and unfortunately in the hunger Two, if susan sarandon survived maybe we would get her like going to lesbian bars for the first time and uh overcoming compulsory heterosexuality but she had to to sacrifice herself to end the cycle yeah i guess yeah but it's okay. Yeah. There, there is like a, a Hunger TV show from what I know that came out in like 97 that I haven't watched any episodes of, but I know that Tony Scott did direct like a couple episodes of it. Um, I'm always very much like, maybe someday I'll watch that. I don't know. It's yeah. Like from, from the 90s, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> I, <sighs> I don't know like sometimes like older tv shows not like all older tv shows because like I've seen like Columbo and Miami Vice and stuff like that where I but those are like genuinely good 
shows and I love them a lot. Um, sometimes with like older TV shows, especially if they're from like the 90s or early 2000s, I'm kind of just like, I don't want to watch this. I'm not interested. Because yeah. like, I just yeah. know that the quality is going to be worse for some reason. Because that was like before like the big like golden era of television with like the Sopranos and stuff like that. Gabagool. <laughs> exactly. Me. Yes. And James Gandolfini is in five Tony Scott films, I think, which is awesome. Is he, wait, which one is he? He's, he's Tony Soprano. No, I know he's Tony Soprano. Who is he in this movie? He's not in this film. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to mention No wonder him. I was confused. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that would have been awesome if, if there was like an Italian vampire, a gabagool. <laughs> and an Italian vampire is such a funny concept in my head. There's like an old, there's an old Tumblr post about Italian Italian vampires being mad that they can't have garlic. Do you remember that? I remember that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, there should be James Gandolfini should play one. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> there is right, <laughs> which is sad. Like him and Philip Seymour Hoffman died at around the same time, and it was really sad. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, James Gandolfini plays. He's in where the wild things are and he plays carol and it's one of my favorite performances ever i don't know if you've ever seen the where the wild things are live action film no i know what you're talking about i remember it but i never saw it it has a great score by uh karen o from the yeah 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 yes and it's about divorce so. <laughs> wow mark ruffalo's That's, in that it was, mark- i thought you were gonna say <laughs> <laughs> Mark Ruffle is in it, so of course I'm gonna watch it. Uh, Catherine Waterston's in it, or not Catherine Waterston? Um, Catherine Keen. Catherine Keen is in it, and she's mommy. And but, uh, but James Gandolfini plays a big, big wild thing named Carol, and he just hangs out with his boy. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, yeah, that's probably my favorite, like, out of the Spike Jones films I've seen. Like, he made, like, Her and Being John Malkovich and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, Where the Wild Things Are is my favorite, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I used, have, I, I used to have a poster of it when I was a kid from that, that I got for free at my local blockbuster that was closing down. <laughs> I used to have it on my wall, even though I had never seen the film until like a couple years ago. <laughs> I used to just be like, "I like this poster." Yeah, hey. it's it's like good a good aesthetic. Yeah, Does that makes sense. Yeah. Hello, guys. Um, at the this point in the podcast, um, Deirdre went to go. Did you do your did you do your ad read while I was gone?
I don't have advertisements. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. This is um, a this is a punk podcast. Welcome. I if Super Yaki fucking sponsored me or like uh, I don't know. Well, who would sponsor me? Scott Free Production Company. Fucking yeah. sponsor me. Sponsor this podcast mini series. <laughs> Give you me know, money. a podcast has made it slash sold out when they're not sold out, but when their sponsorships are for like uh, movies or TV shows. Yeah. Know that they're like making it. Um, well, yeah. But well, I don't think I don't think it necessarily means like sold out. I just mean like like I really like that uh, the Conan O'Brien podcast, Conan Needs a Friend, and he he had like really big name sponsors on there, but it's only because like it's Conan O'Brien and he's able to get all these like big celebrities on and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and everybody loves it. Like it's always like on the top 100 of, of iTunes podcasts. So yeah. It's yeah. The first, the first podcast. date I went on in New York city, the person I was on a date with recommended me that podcast, never listened to it, but that's what I know I about. You're gonna say that you were on a date with Conan O'Brien. Yeah, <laughs> me and Conan O'Brien went on a date. I'm sorry, I just knocked over something really loud. I'm really sorry. It's okay. It wasn't that okay. loud. <laughs> okay. It was really loud. Um, I what do you think of the ending? What happened at the end of this movie? She died and bloody and okay. it it's it's a metaphor (laughs) okay so here's what I understood so she like she turns Susan into a vampire and Miriam turns Sarah into a vampire and Sarah's like what the fuck and Miriam's like you'll get used to it and Sarah's like no I won't and she kills herself right and then and then who fell down the stairs? Did Sa- Sarah throw herself down the stairs? Or did Mir- Miriam fell down the stairs? Yeah, yeah. And then there was a bunch of fucking doves. Which and- was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that was really cool. I didn't know what it represented, but I was like, this means something. I don't know what. And then like everybody else dies, but then Miriam ends it up in a box. Mm-hmm. But then they're all together in heaven. Mm-hmm. It's about the found family. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's, I, I don't mind the ending. I think people. No, kind of, I like the yeah. ending. I just didn't understand. I just didn't understand it. I, I think, didn't quite follow what happened. I mean, me neither, but <laughs> honestly. I like I said I'm not I never get too hung up on plot I'm just mostly like a visual gal and plus I I, I don't know every time I watch this film I kind of get caught up in Susan Sarandon titties so um but I like I yeah like I think it's cool and I like I love it when doves are in films I always love it when doves are in films or like pigeons I love it in action scenes when like 
just like a group of pigeons will like fly away and then like fucking like tom cruise on a motorcycle comes through and you're like fuck yeah yeah i love that too yeah Mm. um do you have a lot of pigeons in your hometown oh yeah yeah but me and cody call them piggies oh that's so cute (laughs) and we we live in an apartment building uh that's like surrounded by like electrical wire like so Mm -hmm. they or like sometimes pigeons will just uh sit on like cody's window stoop and i thought you were gonna say they never mind they they did not come in i wish my mom my mom hates like pigeons and crows but i'm like they're cute I love them. I think some people are scared of birds, which I guess kind of makes sense, especially pigeons, because they're kind of, I guess they're technically vermin, but you know, can't complain. I like pigeons. it when they when they coo. I love that. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. 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 Um, but I like looking outside and seeing a pigeon on my on the wire. Yeah. Some. Birds always land in the same spot on my fire escape, which is like, I don't know if it's because of how wide the bar is or something, but they're always just right over there. Like just one will just come while I'm working mm-hmm. and then we lock eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love a good pigeon, but yeah, I don't know. The doves were like in their house, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it meant. But then she fell down the stairs and then all her old loves were like looking down at her like that Beatles meme that's going around. That's like POV, the Beatles just kills you, but they're too powerful to go down for it. Um, that was a it's great like, shot. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, Zach, friend of the pod, Zach, he said on the back to back podcast, he said like, remember when like John Lennon like met that gun or whatever I can't remember what exactly he said but it was chaotic as fuck and I loved it <laughs> exactly <clears throat> stream the back-to-back pod stream Deborah by Beck um Beck Beck this is a movie podcast um I I like doves, uh, doves. I haven't watched a bunch of John, I haven't watched all of John Woo's films, but like he made like Face Off and uh, the second Mission Impossible film, which people are always mm-hmm. like, that's the worst Mission Impossible film, but it's it's not like the worst film ever made. So like, it's- I, it's, Fair. <laughs> that's like, like such a good point. <laughs> it's like, I, I like it a lot. Like, yeah, uh, Sandy Newton's in it, and there's a part where, um, in the film, where uh, Tom Cruise and Sandy Newton lock eyes while they're spinning in two cars adjacent to each other, and it's like epic. But doves are always like a big thing in John Woo movies because like he'll always have like the hero like come out with like the doves or whatever. I don't know. I just think it looks cool. <laughs> no, that's think, really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, I, I, I think doves are, are, they symbolize peace. They symbolize love. They symbolize 
peace. I don't know what else yeah. to symbolize. I feel like it's really interesting that the end of this movie is kind of like a, <clears throat> it feels like a, everyone's like getting revenge against their abuser. Yeah. Like when that shot happens with all the zom- zombie vampires mm. looking down at Miriam, it's like so satisfying because in when the movie starts, you don't even realize that Miriam is a bad... I mean, I guess you kind of think she's a bad person because she eats people or at least her lover does once a week. So it's like, okay, these are vampires and they eat people. But in vampire movies, you kind of suspend, not suspend your morality, but like there's this like, they eat people, but they have to do it to survive. So you judge them on their other actions. And Miriam is just like, uh, you kind of like, it seems like she's just this, um, she's just this like, innocent vampire who didn't know that her love was going to age and die but you like she did know and you also you do know that she knows because she talks about like the other lovers when David Bowie's like complaining about the um like he's aging he's like oh who's gonna be your next love is it gonna be Alice which is like really weird but um so he knows that there was other lovers but like he thought that he was gonna be the last one or like I guess he thought it was gonna be different I don't know but like that gets glossed over and you're like okay she's not a bad guy she doesn't want to kiss a 900 year old version of her lover I guess that doesn't make her a bad guy but then like throughout the movie she's just like worse and worse and worse and it gets really anxiety inducing and then it's like so satisfying when she falls down the stairs and it's like they can be free um she really and girl boss gatekeep whatever the she was really gatekeeping the afterlife from them yeah because you know yeah it's like it's like that movie the lovely bones (laughs) i have not seen the lovely bones so but i i guess i shouldn't i'm gonna ask you not to spoil it for me even though i know it's been out for like 15 years (laughs) basically know what happens (laughs) Um, I, I, but, I read the book too and the book starts off horrifically like yeah very graphic de- depiction of some crimes and you're like oof and I don't know yeah that's a that's a weird ass movie because Peter Jackson made that film right after making the Lord of the, Lord of the Rings and yeah like, uh, like what's the last one called Return of the King yeah yeah um but I mean like you kind of like uh what's I gonna say one like you don't like you see the horrific crimes at the beginning I guess Mm -hmm. like you see them eating people Mm -hmm. but like I mean what vampire among us has not snacked on a hot person I don't Mm -hmm. know I just didn't expect it to be I I kind of expected this movie to be about vampire AIDS, which I guess it kind of is, but it was, it was more about like, I don't know. The, that When you said vampire AIDS, I immediately <laughs> started thinking about the scene from the classic 
bad movie, The Last Vampire on Earth, where um, I don't know if I've ever shown you this, but me and Dylan have been trying to do a screening of it forever, but we just haven't gotten around to it yet. There's a scene where it's so the movie is about it's like a Twilight ripoff, but it's very low budget and it looks horrible. Um, <laughs> but but the Bella character, it's revealed that she has AIDS or whatever. And then, but she has like a really like religious family. Like they're all like Jehovah's Witnesses or something like that. And then they find out that her boyfriend is a vampire and they like, they try to burn him on a stake. And then she shows up with a gun and the and she's like threatening them with a gun. The funniest part is that you, you if you look close enough, her finger is not on the trigger at all. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like, She's like, stop or I'll shoot or whatever. And then she says, and then she reveals to her whole family that she has AIDS. And she's like, yeah, that's right. I have AIDS. And Aurelius, like that's the vampire's name. Aurelius, he wants to do good things. He's studying to become a vampire to help people like me with AIDS. And he, <laughs> it's so stupid. But yeah, it's a very complicated <laughs> film. <laughs> And the guy that plays like Edward, the Edward type, looks like Shrek. Like literally, like he's so ugly. <laughs> and I hate it. That's so <laughs> but, funny. It's such a funny film. It's like so badly made and hilarious. And I highly recommend watching it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um. Oh, about the sorry to change the subject, but about the ending as well. Mm -hmm. Um, the character Sarah, like deciding to kill herself, I thought was really interesting since her whole thing is she wants to learn how to reverse aging, and then she like decides not to live forever. Mm -hmm. Um. And. I don't know I did not expect that from her mm -hmm. um but I thought it was I thought it was really cool I think I kind of saw it at the time I was like okay she is like since she studies this it's she knows that it's not what she wants or she like realizes through this experience that it's not what she wants mm-hmm yeah um i think also i just realized this now like this kind of like is like the beginning bookmark of like so tony scott passed away um he killed himself because he found out that he had terminal brain cancer and so he like jumped off a bridge and it was wow. really sad um <laughs> um and stuff like that and like like him and, and it's strange because him and Tom Cruise were at the time like Tom Cruise saw him two days before he died because they were planning on making a sequel to Top Gun and the and the project like after Tony died like it kind of got canceled and it, now they're actually make they they've made it they're just waiting to 
come out but I know when I see Top Gun Maverick I'm gonna be crying because I know that yeah. they're gonna have like a dedicated to Tony Scott yeah thing about it um which Ridley did for like two of his films like he dedicated both of them to his to the memory of his brother which is like beautiful yeah. and sad <laughs> and it gets me going just because like I think a lot of his films are really beautiful and they have a lot to say about life and stuff yeah. like that um and like this film isn't really like a good example of it but the hunger like I think it has a lot to say about like aging and like the fear of it and stuff like that which like I get like I'm me getting old like freaks me out me like getting more responsibilities in life freaks me out um I think everybody goes through that though um and we just kind of learn to live with it you know um but like I think definitely like there's also like something to say about like kind of going back to like the relationship thing with like Susan Sarandon's boyfriend and um even like David Bowie and Catherine Deneuve they they both kind of give this feeling of like they've been in this relationship for so long they're just kind of comfortable with each other and you can kind of get like that and kind of not realize that you're not really as passionate about each, about each other after like so many years of being together and stuff like that but you just oh, excuse me you just kind of learn to like coexist with somebody and so I always find that really interesting because like I've gone through shit like that where you're just kind of like I, 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 you just don't realize that your feelings change until like you can't ignore it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, like, and especially in like kind of bad relationships as well, like you kind of just get used to it after a while. You kind of just yeah. kind of like, but the thing is, it's like when I say bad relationships, I don't mean like abusive, I just mean kind of right. like, relationships that aren't really like the best is kind of just feels like a phase you're going through kind of if that makes any sense or you're just no, like yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah like I'm here like yeah you know it's like um yeah like it's David Bowie is like I guess Miriam as well is like a the allegory of like a frog in a pot of boiling water but like you turn the water on and it's not like like if you put a frog in a pot of boiling water it's gonna jump out but if you put a frog in a pot of water and then this like, is a so bad like no no and then sense. you turn the water on and then you turn the it's it's like a gross analogy because poor frog but yeah you if you put a frog in a pot of water and then turn the heat on and it just gets slowly gets hotter and hotter then the frog won't jump out of the pot because it makes sense don't notice yeah so mm -hmm. it's like yeah that's kind of what the beginning of the movie's about and i guess the end too because it's like that mm -hmm. that's what uh the character sarah doesn't want for herself and that's what she sees like yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
it's beautiful film yeah it is a beautiful film it is and then there's like that release yeah yeah and they're in heaven are they in new york city are they in toronto that's supposed to be new york city i feel like they said new york city at some point but it did not look like it it i mean like they're indoors all the time so like i don't know i love at the telephone booth i was like oh i guess that kind of looks like new york but yeah three of my uh of my letterbox top four it it takes place in new york city which i realized the other day i'm like oh god and i've never (laughs) been i'll be like when i when i go to new york it'll be life-changing i just know that yeah. yeah come visit i will do you have anything else to say about the hunger um nope <laughs> <laughs> sorry uh, <laughs> no. <hey>. nope <laughs> um i feel like okay i do have one more thing to say and okay. this is a little bit lighter ending note okay so Susan Sarandon fucks the vampire. I feel like I would simply know that it was a vampire. I, RIP to Sarah, but I'm different. I feel like if I went into a vampire's house and a vampire was hitting on me, I would be able to tell that it was a vampire. <laughs> so my question for you is, never- <laughs> My question for you is, do you think you would be able to spot a vampire that was hitting on you? And would you, would you choose to, would you choose to hook up with a vampire? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, knowing me, I would. (laughs) I, 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 um, I mean, I don't want to go back to True Blood, but there's a scene in True Blood where, uh, in the first season, where um, a guy is, like, hooking up with this girl, and then he, like, sees, like, a fang bite mark, in, like, on her thigh, on the inside of her thigh, like, right before he's about to eat her pussy or whatever, Yeah. and then he's like, you've hooked up with a vampire or whatever, and then she's like, yeah, actually, it's the best sex of my life. I have a sex tape of it. And then you watch it and you see the sex tape of it. And it's like, oh my God, the craziest sex I've ever seen in my life. I can't believe they showed you that in the show instead of just letting you believe it. <laughs> Never mind. Okay. So no, this truth is good. <laughs> no, no, I totally believe you. I'm definitely gonna watch it. Um, but Okay. Yeah. So you would you would be able to spot a vampire and would hook up with them anyway. I feel like that's your final answer. Okay. Here's the thing. It would really <laughs> depend on the context of like if we. It depends on where we meet. It depends yeah. mm-hmm. on you know the the general vibe you give off or whatever. Because like, I, for example, like if I met like you know, Alice from Twilight, if I met her in real life, I probably wouldn't be able to tell she was a vampire. Right. She's just like very happy and shit, you know? Um, Right. But if I, if, if I 
met Catherine Deneuve in a club or whatever, I'd probably be like, she's kind of spooky, but I'm kind of into it. (laughs) Yeah. Personally, I feel like I'm always looking out for (laughs) vampires. Yeah, me personally, I'm always looking to see who's secretly a vampire, who is a ghost that is speaking to me. I'm always on the subway, I'm and in specifically in Times Square, I'm always looking for the time travelers. Um, I swear to God, I've seen time travelers in New York City before. And can you tell? You can tell. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Hold on, I'm gonna take a sip of my drink. this is only nine this is only like this is only like 10 percent a bit right now (laughs) this is 90 percent true (laughs) okay so when you're in new york city everyone's especially in midtown where i used to work times square everyone's bustling around nobody's looking and then every once in a while i'll just see someone walk by and i'm like you're from a different era you do not belong in 2021. Like you're simply, you just time traveled from 1965 and you didn't think I would notice. And it's like, nobody else is noticing this person who is very, <laughs> Are you who just looks things? completely, <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a real person, but it just like looks so different from everyone else. And in what sense. way are they wearing like period clothes like what is, like, yes they- I mean I'm just this is a joke but like also I just feel like in New York City like everyone's wearing black and then all of a sudden there's a person who has like this energy about them that's like you just stick out like a sore fr- sore thumb and I don't know where you came from so would I hook up with that person maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe every okay dad cast homework (laughs) let us know let us know what if you if you met a vampire and they were flirting with you and you felt like they were a vampire would you still hook up with them even though it's the mystery for me I'll say that I I feel like I feel like I would be able to tell someone was a vampire before I was able to tell if they were flirting with me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, um, I feel like I would not notice until like the night after. I feel like I I had a fang-shaped hickey. (laughs) oh god i just hooked up with a vampire what do i do and then you come to me i'm like this is what we're gonna do i like i like have like you know like the zach galifianakis tweet from like i mean not tweet gif from like the hangover where it's like him like calculating yeah and stuff like that (laughs) that would be me the night before i'd wake up oh yeah good night got laid you know and stuff like that and then and then 
and then I'd be like brushing my teeth in the bathroom Mm -hmm. and then I would Mm -hmm. like and then I would slowly take out the toothbrush slowly spit I'd look in the mirror and then I'd be like I fucked a vampire last night you would see their retainer sitting on the counter and I would have fangs on their retainer (laughs) a vampire wearing a retainer is so funny <laughs> or like a mouth guard or something that's so funny oh my god i'm like imagining this like this stupid scene like this is like like an early 2000s comedy in my head like you're like brushing your teeth and then like and then you look over retainer with things like <laughs> I should have known. Oh my goodness. I fucked up. And then vampire. you call me and I'm like, I told you. I told you. Bitch. <laughs> and you're just like, bitch. Dick to bomb. <laughs> Why you won't leave him? Because, bitch, dick to bomb. <laughs> I mean, like, man, there's a really nice shot of David Bowie's naked ass in this film. And, like, honestly, I, all my, if I saw David Bowie's ass, I would not be thinking, see, vampire. I'd be thinking, let's get the strap on him. <laughs> We're pegging tonight, boys. Bonk. <laughs> Bonk. It's my podcast. I can be as horny as I want to. I respect that. It's like it's like call her daddy, but better. But- <laughs> that call her daddy podcast is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's girl boss propaganda. I'm bringing it back to the beginning. <laughs> Literally, girl boss it, propaganda. <laughs> it's 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 like poetry. It rhymes. George Lucas. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Full circle moment. Yeah. It's it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> that's why I, I love saying that. It's so fun. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, no. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, do you want to plug anything? Um, I, you can listen to my music. My name is, my artist name is Deirdre Crean. That's my real name as well as my artist name. <laughs> and um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can follow me at Deirdre's Music. Um, and yeah, I don't have anything going on except watching movies with Jillian so, <laughs> that's all I do <laughs> and oh, our other yeah. friends but she's always yeah. there <laughs> I'm always here I'm always exactly. here yeah um yeah uh follow uh, uh Deirdre also follow me if you want to see some more horniness on Maine um at email Canadian um follow dadcast everywhere is at dadcast420 um 420 is coming up as well um wow maybe i sh- are we gonna celebrate there- i i want to do not- i'm gonna celebrate yeah but i want to yeah. do a, a screening for 420 but 
it's not it's on gonna be, 420 it's gonna yeah. be on 421 <laughs> I, think. I can't wait it's um, gonna be yeah i can go to high school which is like my oh i can't wait bad stoner <laughs> film it's so bad <laughs> yeah so please follow us on twitter um celebrate 420 and tweet at us whether you would hook up with a vampire or not and if you think yeah. you would be able to tell if they were a vampire yeah we'll we'll do a poll <laughs> on the twitters and um give us your feedback um and yeah uh and stan love tony scott live laugh scott Amen. Live, laugh, gatekeep scott. girl boss tony scott <laughs> okay <laughs> bye love you <laughs>